Motown. Three times a charm. I think that's good enough. And I'll show it again later on, maybe for whoever joined later on. Um, I hope everybody's well. Pretty much kind of want to put you in a mindset of don't be like everyone else, right? That's what I had in mind when I kind of did this thing. You know, I want you to be better than everybody else. Multiply your efforts, multiply your, your abilities. And um, with doing that, sometimes we have to step outside the comfort zone. So um, let me... Uh, oh, Y'all bug came in the house. I had to stop and go rescue the bug, kill the bug so that we can keep going. I'm looking for something. I'm off a little bit because of that. But um, retirement, right? Everybody want to retire. Everybody wants to depend on a 401k. They want to depend on some kind of retirement plan through a job. But, you know, and that's great. Nothing's wrong with that at all. However, I think what would be awesome if we create your own retirement plan as well so that you have a backup plan just in case the retirement plan from that J-O-B you were on did not go as planned. So that's the first thing about it, right? Um, I say, why be like everyone else? Because... Ah, all right, hold on one second. I got to find it. Stuff everywhere. Stuff Why? everywhere. What you got? Somebody got a hot mic. All right, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? My notes at. Okay, see. Almost there where I need to be at. Just got out one call, jump on another call. Well, I actually got off two cows. <laughs> All right, so let me open this up. And then I'm gonna share my screen again. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Stop sharing and then share again. Screen two, there we go. All right, so guys, like I said, I'm trying to find a way to just energizes, right? Uh, retirement, retirement, retirement. Everybody want to retire. So you got 401k, you got 403b plans, you got RA plan, profit sharing, blah, 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 right? And when you think about this, this is just, hey, this is great Google. Now, this is all the research came straight from Google. And it's just a point of reference, just a point of reference. Um, how many employees offer benefit plans? I just kind of want to give you a frame of mind when you think about this. Um, just 50% of companies surveyed offer retirement plans, right? Uh, those with less than 20 employees, right? So numbers, again, got a little shaky right there. Um, 401k, one of the best avenue uh, available, well, one of the best available retirement savings options for many people. Only 32%, only 32% of Americans are investing in one, right? So they give you the numbers right then. Don't be like everyone else. So hey, those 32% are not being like everyone else, right? 
Um, that's the mindset that I was thinking when I was researching these numbers. Uh, what percentage of American workers have a retirement plan? 67%, right? 67%, that's a lot of people have retirement plans, right? So that's pretty good percentage. Again, Oh, uh, somebody asked me about the uh, getting in. They try to get in. All right, so 67% do have a retirement plan, so that's good. That's a lot of folks that do have at least a retirement plan. Um, how many uh, how many people are employed? All right, so this right here is the poor, the massive. Everybody just employees, right? They just work. They're working a job, All right? That's a lot of people, a lot of people. Do you want to be like the, the few or do you want to be like the many? That's the mindset I want to put you in with that part of it. That's why I kind of researched that. 157 million, that's a lot of people. <laughs> so uh, do I want to be one of them or do I want to be a part of the 50,000 or the 20,000 or less? All right. And then where else? Small business statistics, right? Um, again, if, you, if you're working as an employee, your mindset is an employee mindset and you're, you're amongst the many, right? Once you start being a business owner, you get into another cash flow, another quadrant level, and now you have ownership in something and now you can build uh, your own retirement. Now you can build your own future and you can help out, right? As an employee, I go to work, I do a job, I get paid, I get benefits, which is awesome. I mean, I, I love what I do. I love the benefits I get from my job. I love the fact that, hey, um, I, we get group buying, right? Group health insurance. It's a discounting insurance. You know, nothing's wrong with none of that. Do all that. Continue to do that. You got a W-4 form. Guess what? If you want to go buy a house, a car or something, all they need to know is that you're making money and you're going to be able to pay the note. So it's absolutely perfect. Right. But at the end of the day, I want to be a part of the 31 million that have a small business. I want to be a part of that number as well. Not only the people that are just employed, not only is 157 million. Right. We are a part of them. We working. I want to be a part of a selective few. I want to own my own business. And let's, I'm going to stay right there a bit longer. When you own your business, I mean, how many of you on this call go to work and complain about the boss? complain about the job, complain about everything going on or saying something about somebody else or what you should do different. Guess what? When you own your own business, you're the boss. You can do something different and you have a solution. And guess what else? If they don't give a retirement plan at your job that you're working, now you can create a retirement plan for your family and yourself. No longer blaming the boss, no longer blaming the company, no longer blaming anyone else, because guess what you're doing? You're taking action to do something positive and strong for yourself, all right? My goal is to try and help you retire in 10 years, 10 years, and, I, and that's going slow and steady, slow and steady 10 years, right? Um, this question asks, how many homeowners are in the United States, right? 2021, 82 million, all right? 82 million homeowners, right? That's a good number compared to that 157. We just want to use that point of reference, that 157 million. You know, out of that 157 million, 82 are homeowners. Again, you're not with the crowd. 
you're a part of the selected few by owning a home. And there's nothing wrong with renting. I promise you that. Not trying to say that. Hey, it's nothing wrong with renting. Nothing wrong with renting. Nothing wrong with renting. Um, absolutely. Um, I, I travel a lot. I'm in the military. I rent when I first get to a location because I have so many properties that I don't want the headache of keeping up a property when I move. I want the headache of how I'm going to get something fixed when I don't know anyone in the location. I want the headache of have to worry about, okay, what's the, 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 the bill's gonna be like this month and then the bill's gonna be different next month. Usually when you rent an apartment or something like that, they, the water bill is included, this bill is included, electric bill be low, stuff be grouped. So I, I, renting is good, right? Uh, some of the wealthiest people in the world rent. They have a, a, a rent house that they rent when they go out of town. They stay in Airbnbs, they stay in other locations, right? So renting is nothing wrong with it, right? Not trying to say that at all. But if you are a homeowner, you are part of the few. Um, kind of wanted to look at the statistics on renting, you know, 2021 with landlords. I'll try to figure out that part of the How many landlords out there? So let's say 44 million rentals units. This is talking about the units, really. I'm talking about the independent landlord to say like 24 million, right? And they give you another little number. Can, can you mute your mic, please, if you're not talking? Can you mute your mic? All right. Yeah. All right, there we go. So there's more about it, right? Landlord, how many landlords? The counties really want to put your mindset that you want to be a part of the few. Again, the numbers keep getting lower. Keep getting lower, right? So I want to be a part of the few, not the mass. From the standpoint of masses, right here, what my question was, how many, oh, wow, all right, overlooked that, I was typing in the car, <laughs> renters, right, um, so 43 million, right, I think I'll try to look at low-income areas, how many rent for the, the low-income area, I think that was the mindset I hear right there, number of renters occupying homes, right, 43 million again, get that number again, so, the whole purpose of me bringing this to your attention and just wanting you to say, oh, yeah, this got affordable house. 16 million affordable houses. So if you want to be a part of the people that help others and make money by helping others, 16.2 million. That's a lot of properties out there that, that's out there right now of somebody to help them, but you need to be part of those numbers. You want to be, you want to own one of those properties to help people out. So bottom line, what I, I want to get at, and this I don't take long to do this. I, I did do some research so I can throw some numbers out there so you can have a point of reference. As you can see, this is 11 out of 16 little uh, snippets that I cut out of something uh, on Google that I, I searched. But bottom line, buying homes, you get the biggest bang for your buck, right? Um, if you don't believe me, ask your tax person. Right, you get the best tax breaks by owning real estate and providing a service for folks to live. By having a home to rent out to someone, you keep the government from taking care of that person, so they give you tax breaks. They give you tax breaks. Not only do you get a tax break, you get the you get name one besides a car. Right. A car don't make you money unless you going back and forth to work to a job. Right. Uh, or unless you rent that car out. But name one business where you can get started with by putting 20 percent down, 20 percent down, worst case scenario, or three to five percent down. To get started in a business. 
you gonna put you in that mindset, right? Because if you buy a house in your personal name, you're putting three to five percent down in your personal name. So if a house is worth a hundred thousand dollars, five percent is five thousand dollars. Three thousand dollars for something that's worth a hundred thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars for something that's worth a hundred thousand dollars. You are already winning when you first get the house. And then the worst case scenario, if you do it in a business name, then hey, 20 to 30% down because you're doing the business name. Again, the house worth $100,000. You pay $20,000. And when I say you pay, that don't mean it have to come out of your pocket. That do not have to come out of your pocket. They can come out of a, someone else's pocket for you to do that. That's creative financing right there. That's, that's what I'm talking about, creative financing. When you have something that you, you have the knowledge, you understand what it takes to do this. You know somebody have a lazy money, lazy money in the bank, right? Their money is in the bank. They have boo of money. They just saving. They got investments. They got business. They got all kinds of stuff. And their money just bored. And then you show them that, hey, I found a property at a great deal. And I need help acquire. I will pay you out over a course of time if you want to go in as my business partner. Your business partner, that'd be the funding partner, and you will be the managing partner over the business deal. You'll be the project manager. Use day money to put the 20% down for that property that you're getting it worth $100,000. All right, I'm walking you through this right quick. The house is worth $100,000 no matter what. That's the after value market, right? Uh, and you buy, that, well, let's scratch the 20% down. Let's say that you got a contract, you get somebody that sell you that house for $30,000, $30,000 cash. The house is worth $100,000, no questions asked, if you go to the bank and refinance. Now, this is the homework you have to do. You have to go to the bank and find a bank that'll let you, you have to find out what's your seasoning, right? How long do I have to keep this house in my name before I can refinance this house and take it out of my, um, before I can refinance and do a cash out, a cash out refire, right? So that's some of the homework you gotta do. You gotta figure out a title company that will work with you as you do these deals. But, the house worth 100000 you get it on the contract for 30000 and you find somebody, now, you see the difference, 70% off. You got it 70% off on the contract. The house is still worth 100000 You find somebody else that don't mind having that money to give you the, front, the, the payment for it and buy it. They buy it with their money, their cash, but they got ownership, 30% ownership in it because they put 30% down. You're going to manage it. You're going to run it. And you're going to write a contract with them that you'll pay them off in a in what, five years. I mean, you say five, 10 years, it don't matter. Right. But you, you only need to know how long is the seasoning? How long do I have to keep this house before I can refinance and do a cash out and get my money back? Now, you get the property, you get a renter in it. Um, on a $100,000 house, your note shouldn't be no more than. $400, dollars 450 let's say, let's, let's say $500 for the heck of it, $500 a month, but you rent the house out for $1,000 a month. 
All right. Now you have to pay that person back that brought the money. They're thirty thousand. So you just make a deal with them that hey, thirty. Let's say five years. That's sixty. Uh, what is five years, sixty months, or seventy-two months? Wait a minute. Yeah, sixty months. So you divide the sixty months to the amount of money you owe them, and then you pay them back. That's how you pay them. Every month they pay you, the renter pay you, you pay them that percentage back, that money back, and you're cash flowing the rest. Sweet deal. Now, this is the best part of that deal. As every time that tenant pay that rent, you're building equity again in that house, and it's building up cash value again. So you're getting more money. You're getting paid twice. You're making a cash flow each month, putting money in your pocket, you're paying off a loan that somebody else used with their money. You're paying them back their money. And then the equity is growing in the house. They're paying down the loan amount. Now, after like two or three years, you're seasoning up with the bank. The bank's saying you refinance. Now you can pay that person off that gave you money all in full. You can refinance the house, use the bank money. The bank money going to put it all in the closing calls, everything will go there. Your note product be lower because the person paid the house note for the last five years, three years, four years, whatever the agreement is. And now you can cash out, cash that person, pay that person off, and now you're just making straight cash flow. Let me show you the beauty of this. I mean, let me tell you the beauty of this. I ain't showing you anything. <laughs> let me tell you the beauty of this. You're charging every year you're going up on your interest. I mean, on your um, on your rent, on your rent, right? Cost of living costs more, water costs more, people cost more to work on your property, contractors, everything. So every year you're going up maybe 2% on that property. So you're making more money cash flowing. They build off, they paying off your equity. They paying your equity down, right? Amortization, amortization. And you're paying off the other person that you borrowed the money from. And you didn't use any of your money. So you're making money. Now, the only problem is you're managing. So you're working, right? You have to be over there when the toilet floods or whenever the air conditioning go out, whenever you get all these phone calls about, hey, the, the roof leaking and all this and that. And you have to save a little bit to pay the people. But you're making money. Now, this is the beauty of the thing. That's just one house. You're cash flowing about $300 of it. Before you know it, you can figure out how many houses you need to replace your salary that you're making at a job. Keep working, but now you're trying to figure out how to replace it as a goal point, as a point. You know, if I'm going to drive across the town, I'm about to put something in a GPS. All right. So when you need, when you start running a business, you have to figure out why you're doing it. What's your purpose? What's the end state? So I would tell you, just advising you, your first purpose is to try and replace your salary. If you can replace your salary and have two, a salary, you, you're making money, the amount of money you're making on your job, I think that's a sweet deal, right? You're making money from a job. You got your W-4s, you got your job security, you get up every morning, you're happy with your job, you love your job, and now I got to aim to build a side business where I actually replace my salary and I double my salary. Can you see the benefits of that? And if you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep buying more and buying more properties, you see how you can retire? in 10 years, because if you replace your salary, 
I didn't tell you to go and spend the money. I ain't say go vacation. I ain't say go buy no cars. I ain't got, what you're going to do is you're going to pay off all your properties with that extra money. Keep working your nine to five. You love your job. Your job haven't done anything to you. Nothing. You just want more and you want a legitimate retirement that you created for yourself and your family. Let me show you how you're going to secure your investment. You're going to put insurance on you. That way, if you have kids left behind, if you have a, a significant other, a spouse, um, parents, cousins, nephews, whomever you want to leave this property to, you're going to have enough insurance on you to pay off all of the properties and, and all of it. They can bury you with the money in the bank. They don't need to be, you don't need no extravagant funeral. The money in the bank bury you. Your, your, your money you got in your, your rainy day account can bury you. 10 grand is all you need or less, right? That money bury you. The insurance money pay off all the assets. Now you leave everybody assets, money, and they got a guaranteed retirement plan before you even pass. <laughs> they ain't got to work. They got a guaranteed retirement plan for them. Because if the houses are paid off, all you're paying now is insurance, taxes, and maintenance. Insurance, taxes, and maintenance. Do you see how you can retire now? It's easy. Come up with your own number. You know which money, how much money you need each month. You know how much you are to paying out your bills right now. Oh, this is another example I was going to give y'all about Apple. Uh, I was going to say hey, Apple had 147,000 employees, right? But then you go into how many of these folks are, you go from employees to who's the executive. There's only 22 executives and there's only one CEO, right? I want to be a part of the 22 executives. It'd be nice to work for Apple, but I like to be one of the executive officers or either CEO, the top level. All right, so I, I kind of want to try to help y'all get the mindset of uh, with your business. Uh, hey, work your job, be like everybody else in that part, but why stay being like somebody else? Create your own retirement. Don't depend on others. That's that's the whole purpose of why. That's why I said that statement. Why be like everyone else? We want you to be among the few, right? It's only one CEO of Apple, right? At one time. Hey, create the CEO of your business. That's my encouragement to you. All right, that's all I have for y'all tonight, man. Uh, any questions, um, anything sound of cloudy? I know I kind of ran through it a little quickly. Uh, what you got? Open your mic up and talk to me. P, what's up? I know you sent me some. I'm sorry, I've been working hard, my job. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay. <laughs> So advise, take your time. Whenever you get to it, you know you get to it. No, no, I did, I, I'll be honest. I looked at it. I looked into it. I'm looking at the numbers. The numbers don't sound that pretty, but I didn't ask the, the specific number. This off of assumptions and not facts, correct? Okay. So um, just looking at the HOA part of it and looking at the um, the what's left on it, what the numbers are comps right there. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the skin on the bone at for, for a positive cash flow and um, some other things. So we'll talk more detail, but I did look at it. 
I haven't got back with you because I got some other things going on with a couple of properties that I'm that I'm working on. Some big things. All right. Well, that's good news. And yeah, 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 yeah. We got we got a month left on the property. You know that one I gutted out on Divian Street. You got what? You got a month left? You said? Yep, about a month left left on there. Um, it, you know we completely gutted that one out. That's what I was trying yeah. to get you to come see. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. We we're putting um we put carpet in already three of the bedrooms. Um, finished out one bathroom. Um, got I think the, he's going from the back to the front. So that he don't mess up the flows and stuff, but um, baseboards up. Um, I think trim out bathrooms and kitchen, and uh, we pretty much done. I got the electric on and everything else. Oh, that's good. You still with that same crew? Negative. That's why I said they got other things going on. We had to let them. Okay. <laughs> had to let them go. Chico. <laughs> okay. All right. You gonna let me know how this new crew do for you? Yeah, yeah. When um, I get you and my uncle, so you go check the property out. Okay, cool. Yep. yep. Well, Sounds well, good. Yeah, working with the bank already. Sent them that. Uh, guys, let me tell y'all this. Uh, and I'm talking like this for y'all can hear what goes on. The best thing in the world is when you do a financial, a personal financial statement, a PFS, a personal financial statement. Um, so once you start getting rental properties and when you get with a, a bit, a bank every year, you must do that. That tells you whether you're gaining money, losing money, or whether you're staying the same, the bank don't want to see the same thing the next year that they saw the year before. And, and, and when I tell you that that's the best feeling in the world, when you fill one of those out, cause you never really pay attention to what you're doing and what you're growing. But once you feel that out, that's when you see the fruit of all the labor. Now, I never said not one time that trying to build your own retirement is easy. I never said not one time that this is not hard work because you are doing something that everybody's not doing for a reason, right? The nurse don't get paid with the doctor get paid. The doctor gonna get paid with the, the the custodian get paid. The nurse don't get paid with the secretary get paid, right? Everybody job have a certain level of responsibilities and risks that they have to take. And your financial gain is based off the risk you take. So when you go into this retirement stage of mind that you wanna create your own retirement, now you're going into your own business and now you're taking legitimate risk for doing that which is safe risk because you got insurance that's going to be on your properties you're going to have umbrella insurance once you get to so many properties but when you first start you're going to have just insurance on the property and you'll have insurance on yourself right and then if you have a house that's semi-good you're going to put a home on a home warranty on that house this is how you secure your investments Right, you don't want to go out there and buy this stuff and say I'm working on my retirement, but I want to do with you know with no money. I'm not going to support it or uh, secure it. Mostly anybody on this call right now, if you go to Best Buy right now and buy a computer, you're gonna put on Warrantel. Right, you know if you go buy a new cell phone, hey, a cell phone costs just as much as a dog on car. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) man, you're gonna put that insurance on it, right? 
So why not start a business and make sure you have insurance in place on you for first, on the property, and the home warranty if you have to do that. If you don't know anybody can fix your property and you, you say, oh, I don't know no handyman's, but then put a home warranty on it. Pay a little 40, 60, 70, 80, $90 a week, a month that the tenant is going to be paying and going to build your relationship up with the home warranty people. If you're investing in the hood, in the bad neighborhoods, put an alarm on the house. ADT love you. Home security love you. All those different people. Put it on the house. Guess what that does? That make your tenant feel safer to rent with you. Now you secure your investment because that say, that tenant says you care enough to put an alarm on there. You want them to be safe in that in that neighborhood, in that community. I don't want to move out. Of, if I, when I was in the when I was in the hood, I didn't want to leave my loved ones just because I got a better job. Everybody in the hood knew me. I knew them. If I need somebody to keep my kids. They night right down the street next door, right? So the people in the hood are not bad people. They just, and they don't want to, they live in the hood because it's their safety net with their family. It's their support systems. They move out. Now they got to be on their own. Now they're taking more risks. So they try to stay there. So if you put an alarm on a house and your house, the cleanest house on the block, now you got folks competing for your house and they want to stay in your house. And then you offer something that other people are not offering, alarm system. If you offer maintenance, I mean, on our yard land, land, landscaping and cutting, hey, if you rent for me, you ain't got to worry about cutting your yard. I'm going to cut the grass. I'm got a lawn on your house. And yeah, you pay a little bit more, but you won't have no worries. You're a solution for them, right? So that's a way to do that. Now, ultimately, let me show y'all how you're going to retire. Because, I mean, still, some of y'all ain't getting it. Some of y'all hear it and say it sounds good. But when you buy a house for pennies on the dollars, so when you buy a house for twenty uh, for pennies on a dollar, because if the house is worth 100000 and you buy it for 30000 or you buy it for 20000 that's pennies on the dollars, right? All right. Now, you got a tenant in a house paying that mortgage down all the time while they're in the house. Your cash flow on each month because they're paying more than what the mortgage is, more than what the insurance is, more than what the tax is, more than what the maintenance that reserve is, your reserve is. So you cash flow it each month. Now you're building amortization up because the note is getting paid down and you're making money again, kind of like stocks. You buy stocks when they low, you hold them, they start gaining uh, money, 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 gaining value, value, value. Your stock goes up over the course of time, right? Boom, you're making money. Your house is your stock. Now, the tenant been living there for five, 10 years. The tenant loved the neighborhood. The tenant don't want to leave the people in the neighborhood. The tenant get a good job. You've been a great landlord. Now all of a sudden the tenant saying, can I buy the house or you offer for them to buy the house? Now you just made money for the last five to 10 years they've been renting. You cash flow, you build equity. And you sell the house to them for just what you bought it for. Or you sell it for what the value is now. That depends on you and your heart and what you feel. Because guess what? If the house building value, now you, <laughs> you bought the house for, for 100, it was worth $100,000 when you bought it. You got it for $30,000. But the house now worth 10 years later, $140,000. 
it building value just like stocks building value. You bought it when it was lower, but over the course of time, 10 to 15 years, it didn't build in value. They didn't put Amazon down the road. Oh, damn, it's $250,000 now. <laughs> the house is worth $100,000 now, worth $250,000 because it's more valuable because people want to live close to Amazon and they want to live close to their job. And then they, hey, they want to buy the house so they won't have to travel so far. Now your house is more valuable to them. Oh, all of a sudden they redid a school and they did some updates on it. Oh, they built a, a nice shopping center that everybody want to go to around the corner. Oh, the value of my $100,000 then went to $200,000 quickly. I say that, that's realistic. Now, if you live in DC, New York, um, California, hey, that $100,000 can jump to $500,000 easily, depending on where you're at, right? But we ain't talking about the, 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 the exceptional to the positive. We're talking about the real deal. So in 10 to 15 years, uh, it, it brings value to it, right? So that's how you retire. You buy the pro asset young, 20, 25 years old. You maybe, hey, live with your parents and buy your rental property and rent that property out to somebody. And then let that money build your money up. I, I love talking to the younger people because guess what? Their mind are open. When you didn't work the job for 10 to 15 years, you used to that and your mind not open to change. You just say, oh, well, I'm used to this and I'm good at my job and I make my money. But a young person hungry, they grind and they trying to get it all kind of ways and they open to hear this. This is how y'all do it, guys. 10 years. Done. That's max. All right, I'm going to shut up again. What y'all got? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, V. I know you got something, Vincent. No, no, I'm just looking to listen to the good, 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 good song you singing. You know, everybody want to walk away. You got to have a plan of action and take it. You know, so I, I love that that ten year plan. My goal is to walk away from my job in less than two years. So I got to be hungry, like Les Brown said. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that too. Hungry, right? <laughs> I got to listen to him again. I ain't listening in a while. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're right on point. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else got some? I mean, look, I know, I know Vincent, hey, man, because Vincent owned it. Vincent got a couple of duplexes, got a couple of quadruplexes. He's he doing bigger things than me. Hell, I'm, I'm looking up to him. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to learn the game. I'm still building my, my business credit, still building that. So I want to be able to use that in 2022 all day and every day. So I'm building it right now. So we're looking now at Travis Yarborough as a real good suspect. I like what you touched on about the, putting an alarm on your rent house to make your rental feel safe. Absolutely. I got, um. let me see, how many houses I have with alarms on them? Uh, I mean, now, now I'll be honest with you now, usually the first renter that rent the house out, they stay there for quite a while with ADTs to 24, use like a 24 to 36 month um, contract. And uh, that you, the first person to go in the house is the one that really uh, care about the alarm. But the, the great thing about it is 
They bought the material, they paid for the loan to be installed, and it's a win-win-win when they stay longer, but when the next person come in, they may or may not like it, but at the end of the day, your property is more valuable to someone else because it's already equipped with the alarm, if that makes any sense. Right, right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all how we look at it, right? Uh, some folks look at, hey, man, I want I want every dime from everybody, every way, every which way, right? I look at it like this. I need every person to sow into what I'm, I'm growing. I need everybody to water these seeds that I put in the soil. The money now is great, but it's not all that. The money in the future, when I decide to walk away from the job, is more important. So if I'm only cash flowing $100 a month, then I'm good, right? Now, I mean, when I first started the business, for sure. <laughs> now I think I know some. But uh, when I first started, man, $50 to $100 cash flow was like, man, I went in because I did what I dreamed to do. I did what I dreamed to do. I'm doing, I'm taking action. I'm learning from this situation. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not paralyzed looking at everybody else. I'm not scared anymore. I'm taking action. That's the first part, right? Then after I started making a little money off of it and started cash flowing better, and once the first year was over with, you go up on your rent, guys. That's that's the secret. You have to go up on your rent. You have to do the cost of living rates. Once you do that, yeah, you may was cash flowing a little bit at first. Now you cash flowing a little bit more, but now you're building your nest egg up a little bit now because if you keep on living like you was just building the first time, the money you were making the first time, $100 or $50, whatever it was, you're good. The extra money you put into something else, another investment, you put it up somewhere else, you hide it from yourself, right? The bit, Hey, look, I'm going to give another gym. I got to give you another gym, y'all. I, I got to open you up two business accounts, one at one bank and one at another bank, right off the bat. Once you start cash flowing and once you get raises, send your money automatic from one business account to another business account that you never open. Hmm. I thought every, about that. Every time you get a raise on those houses, that extra money set up an automatic uh, deposit to go to that other place. And that way you keep your money looking the same in one bank. You live like you broke because you only see the minimum, but you're building your nest egg up in another bank. Hmm. Boy, that makes sense. That was a gym right there. I just gave you a gym. <laughs> right. I've been trying to look at that and thinking about doing it like that. So you build a relationship with one bank and you can transfer the money to another account so you build a relationship with them too. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty neat. I like that. Absolutely. It, it just helps. I mean, like I said, it helps with a nest egg. If you never pay attention to the other bank, you don't never, it's a, hey, do the online bank where you don't get the paper statements or nothing. You don't, you don't really remember the place exists. Think about how much money you're gain over five, 10 years if you don't pay attention to that money that's going away. Yep, absolutely. That's what me and my uh, another nugget. That's me and my brothers and sister did, and everybody put a hundred dollars a month in it. And guess what? 
It come out right out your out of my check, and I never noticed it. Never. Been doing it over over ten years now. Never noticed it. Yeah. Four. So four people. Grow your yeah. wealth. Grow your wealth. Now, now you take that money. Now, you know. Okay. Somebody asked. I heard somebody ask. Um. Yeah. Now the thing about it is, somebody asked, "Why would you do that? What's the purpose? Why, why would you do that? Because if you want money for your next investment to do a down payment, there you go. If you want to buy some cash, there you go. That's why. It's not just to do. It's not just to do it. Just to do it. It's got to serve an end state. If I want to go buy something cash right now, an investment, not a not a car, not some rings, not some wheels. If I want to go and invest into a business venture right now, hey Vincent, Vincent got a duplex. They say, hey man, I need I need fifteen thousand dollars down today, right now. I'm gonna give you five thousand dollars back in six months. Fifteen thousand dollars down, five thousand dollars back in six months. Man, sign me up, coach. I'm gonna be five G's in six months. Yeah, give me that twenty G's back <laughs> all day, every day. All day, every day. Hey. And you gotta look at it this way. What I done on my house that I sold, I couldn't get the funds together quick enough, right? So I went to another investor. He hold it for me 30 days. I said 30 days, 31 days, it went up again. I ended up giving that guy $20,000 to hold my account until I got the funds ready to close that deal. You took so, the word out of my mouth, Transition, transactional funding. They would have called yep. transactional fund. I was like, oh my goodness. So instead of, instead of me making the whole 20 plus what I made, I had to get that part away. So really, oh, I learned a lot. I learned I learned a lot from that transaction. You know what I'm saying? But I, I walked away with a lot of experience and more knowledge. And I probably I probably walked away with eight grand. But the information I learned is priceless. You bought that. My daddy said you borrow sense or you buy sense. You bought you bought those sense. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But but look but look everybody on the call. He ain't mad about it. He smiled about it. He lost money, but he bought some good sense. And now he learned from it. And now he know what to do different next time. And that's, that's what the thing about this business is. You know you're taking a risk. You know you have uh, some 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 drawbacks. But you cannot let those drawbacks take you away from your destination. Yep, absolutely. You put the GPS, I'm going to California from New York. Of course, you're going to be driving. And of course, it's going to be some roadblocks. Of course, it's going to be some car wrecks. Of course, it's going to be some detours. But you can't get off, you can't get off course and stay off course. You got to get back on course and get where you're going. Vincent just said he lost some money. He paid a man over 20 G's. And he only made a profit eight G's, but he ain't mad about it. He ain't fussing about it. He ain't said the man ripped him off. He ain't talked about nobody, but he said, hey, I learned some stuff from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my, and my investor invested with me. He got his money back. He didn't lose. I didn't lose. You know what I'm saying? So it's a win-win. I look at it. You know, as long as you're investing with, invested with you, you get their money back, and you learn a lot of knowledge, and you're still positive, then you're good. 
Of course, everything ain't be 10 to 20 grand. Of course, it's not going to be. That's when you get good enough, you can see that 10 plus every single deal. But it takes time to get that great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, I thank y'all for your time. I appreciate everybody getting on to the end. Uh, one other thing, I'm going to play this one more time because it was just that cute. <laughs> presentation in a nutshell. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank y'all for y'all time. Thank y'all for y'all commitment. Thank y'all for taking action next week on whatever y'all going to do. Please take action. Y'all have a good evening. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye -bye. Good night. Thank you. Well,